We are talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel. What's up, Dakota? Not a whole lot. Just hanging out like a hair in a biscuit. That is actually one I have not heard before. It's a pretty good one. So, Ty, today we've got some crazy stuff. That, this past week's race, man. This is going to have an impact on the championship, to say the least. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and definitely, I think that this was the most exciting race of the season. 100%. (laughs) I mean, it's been a little bit... uh, the way I'm going to say this, like, I've enjoyed the season, but some of the races have been pretty dull this season uh, because there's not a lot of overtaking and things like that. But this race was... It was wild. I had I had a bunch of people over watching it, and some of the people had never seen MotoGP before. I know. I did. Oh, and th- this was a good one for them to start on. And they were all screaming. They had no idea what the heck or who was who. But, I mean, they were they were definitely excited to see what was happening. Nice. Nice. Maybe we got some new people. Yeah. New people coming. That is for sure. Actually, I also even brought my refreshment. Your refreshment. All right. I've always wanted to do a little (laughs) ASMR. Oh, my goodness gracious. But the championship is in danger now. It is. It is up in the air. Very in danger right now. Because now Bagnaia is 10 points away. I know. I know. I know. I know this is heartbreaking. Okay, so I told you earlier that I had a piece of information that I didn't think you knew. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what that piece of information is. Dun, dun, dun. So, Fabio, in his first race that he had a DNF, which I can't remember what race that was, but it was earlier on in the season, um, he had his first DNF. He wrecked twice in that race, right? So he crashed, they sent him back on the track, and then he crashed again. Did you know that Fabio actually crashed twice in this race as well? (laughs) What? Okay, so I I found this out just the other day, like yesterday Um, So Fabio crashed on the track during the race, right? It was horrible, we're going to talk more about that in a minute But um, the the people that take them off on the scooters or whatever This dude was going too fast and he literally collided with somebody While Fabio was on the back of his scooter with him and it was like a bad crash. Like the guy had to go be taken to the hospital for medical attention. And Fabio actually said, if I had not been wearing my helmet still, we would be having a real problem. Oh. <laughs> so so Fabio, the poor guy, oh has his second DNF and his second week where he crashes twice in some way. Could you imagine... How hated you would have to be. Oh, man. To be the guy who hurts the champion. Well, and apparently, apparently this is a, a thing that the other riders were like, yeah, we're not surprised. So apparently these dudes on these scooters think that they're like supposed to be racing. Well, you know, it's funny because I've actually had this thought before of it's kind of intimidating. I mean, it's not it's obviously not a motor GP bike, but I wonder if these guys are like. Weekend Warrior track day guys. <laughs> and then they're riding the scooter, and you have, like, Fabio Quattararo on the back of your bike. Like, I got to impress this guy. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like there would be some pressure to not just go, like, 15 miles an hour and just, just puddling along. Blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> like, all right, can I get there already? Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if, like, he had gotten, like, actually injured and not been able to finish the season or something? Oh, my gosh. That guy would get... Uh, he wouldn't have made it home. No. <laughs> you know, That so. would be like wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey to an Eagles game. Yeah. At the home stadium. Well, I'm glad that you didn't actually know that that happened because I was, I was like, holding on to that all day. I wanted to tell you about it earlier, but I was like, oh, I got to wait until we're talking about it on the show. So I have been, like, scouring just trying to see if there's anything I, I, I've missed, and I, I missed that. Yeah, so. you should probably find better places to scour. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's talk about um, our our fantasy. I'm, I'm really disappointed in how I did in fantasy this week. Um, so let's start with you. How many points did you actually, like, succeed in getting this week? Uh, more than you. That is true. You actually had a pretty <laughs> good week. Not a great week, but a pretty good week. I used my first booster. Yep. Which... And you used it on? I used it on Pekka. Good choice. Although, I will say, it is disappointing because it's... I use it on Pecco, and it's the first time he didn't come in first place. Yeah, well, it's probably because you did that. Okay, well, you know what? This was your fault. 
<laughs> could have been could have been his fifth win in a row. Listen, I'm really glad that he didn't come in first place. So, well, that's just because you're a salty Fabio fan. <laughs> salty cracker. So, how many points did you get? I got a total of 93 points. Nice. Where does that leave you on your season total? It's Still not great. <laughs> <laughs> You're clawing your ways back up from the depths. <laughs> Look, as uh, as Peyton Manning would say in his commercials, epic comeback starts right now. <laughs> uh, but I am left at a mere 727. Nice. Well, you did. Like the airplane. <laughs> yes. You did score significantly higher than me this week. I did not use a boost. Um, I scored 68 points this week. It was Ooh. abysmal. How the I mean, turntables have turned. Tables it, turn. The, all of my points literally came from Pecco and Ducati. That is fair. Like all of my points. That's how much I got. Don't look without looking. How much do you think I got from Honda? Oh, uh, not much. I got a whole three and a half points. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because they exist in MotoGP. <laughs> I mean, it, it with. Even with Mark Marquez crashing, Paul did absolutely nothing. That's true. So that brought my season total to 1,315 and a half points, which unfortunately my rank dropped 1,411 spots in the world. Hey, it's not that much. And I am now sitting at 8,447. And again, that's out of 55,222 for those of you who are like, wow, he really sucks. Like, I'm still doing okay. Uh, considering it's um it's it's a definitely it's it's a it's an okay yeah and then in the in the united states uh i'm sitting at 609 i dropped 105 spots in that but that's out of um significantly less 3671 people so not doing as good as i was but i think i'm gonna have a comeback soon because we got good stuff coming all right we gotta look at the standings the for 2022 uh so i think the biggest thing right now is that peko is at 201 which puts him just two ten points away from fabio yeah there was actually a lot that changed with the top 10 um it's still all the same people but there was a lot of movement that happened so because the podium at the at the previous race was uh anaya was in first Mm -hmm. which was just nuts uh peko second and aleish third um, so you still got Fabio in first place at 211 points, Pecco at 201, so 10 off. And then Aleish is actually closing that gap as well. He's only 17, 17 points off That's of Fabio. Wild. I so, think he could do it. I think the only thing is right now he's just – he went from kind of being like a top five contender. So now he's kind of consistently like a top ten. Listen, if Pecco crashes and Aleish gets a podium, he's going to be ahead of Pecco. That is true. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's but it's I not going to take much. He's only, what, seven points off of Pecco? Yes, but, the, I mean, like, he's still, like, what, 27? Oh, no, 17 points away. I don't know why I read that wrong. Uh, 17 <laughs> points off from Fabio still. Um, so, I mean, I don't really know if he can reel that in or not. I, I mean, Pecco's gained, like, 90 points over the last, like, six races. Mark Marquez and Takanakagami would have to tag team him in the next race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in fourth place, you've got Anea at 163, and, and look, I think it's completely ridiculous that people think that he has a chance being 48 points off look, to if, come back and win. Mark Marquez takes out Fabio, Taki takes out Pecco, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then Maverick Vinales accidentally takes out his teammate Elise. He, I mean, it could it could happen, but I mean, we're asking for like an absolute miracle for that. To <laughs> yeah, happen. he would literally have to like win the rest of the races and have a couple of key crashes, <laughs> and that's just not going to happen. Key crashes is a huge understatement. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So then you've got this is one of the movement pieces. Uh, Jack Miller has actually moved into fifth place, being one point ahead of Zarco now, uh, one thirty-four, and Zarco has one thirty-three. And then Brad Bender is in seventh place. He had um, a good dude. Race. He's been really good all season. He's just on a bike that's inferior to the other bikes on the grid right now. Yeah, it just pains me to say because I just like KTM so. Yeah, much. they're j- but the bike is just not as good as the others. Yeah, I remember when they first came in, they definitely had a stronger start because that bike had some power to it. But yeah. Now oh, I yeah. just kind of feel like it's 
they've they've built an unwritable machine. So, and then this is a big surprising one. Another one that moved up was is Alex Rins. He is in eighth place uh, with 108 points, which is just crazy. Uh, the dude is riding on a bike in which will not be on the grid next year. The whole manufacturer is like, we're outie. And he is still <laughs> he is still moving up in the championship ranks. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Look, he I mean he he may look like a who from Whosville. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a really fast who from Whosville. He is fast and he has seemingly fixed some of his issues of crashing. But to round our top ten out, <laughs> um, we've got in ninth place Maverick Vinales with one oh four tied with uh, in 10th place with Jorge Martin with 104 points as well. Jorge Martin, definitely a solid, solid rider. Yes. <laughs> and you know what's really annoying is I took Jorge off my team last week and put Maverick on because Maverick did well at this track last year, and I was like, they cost the same. I was like, Maverick's the right choice. And Jorge decided to get, what, sixth place in this race? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? And Maverick's rolling in in 14th. I mean, if it makes you feel better. I uh, I finally put Fabio on the gold team, like you were making fun of me last week. And then he crashed. <laughs> and, I moved, and then I put Anaya Bastianini on my silver team. <laughs> so, That's the worst. I, that that is a uh, definitely a punch in the gut. That is the worst. So, a lot of big stuff happened in this race. Yes, like racing incident. I just racing incident. Uh, yeah, I mean, Aragon was nothing short of an incredible race, but one of the biggest things is Mark Marquez came back in this race for the first time after what fourteen weeks, like over a hundred days, uh, whatever. He, he made a comeback like I did an entrance <laughs> when we went to Martin's the other day. Yes, yes. What happened, Ty? Gosh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, so, Mark Marquez comes into the race, and in the first lap, in the first right, first corner, right after, Fabio crashes into the back of Marquez, and it ends Fabio's race and causes significant damage to Mark's bike, which ends up... Making him run into Takanakagami. Oh, massively. And Takanakagami's actually really hurt. Like, his arm is jacked up from that. Okay, that was the one I feel like I I, haven't, I could not tell what was happening there. Because it almost looked like they kind of came to they came together twice. So, Mark's rear ride height um, device was totally malfunctioning. And he could. I think he couldn't get it to disengage. So, he had no control over it. So, it's just... You know, squirreling around on the track. It's incredible that he didn't crash. I mean, yeah, Mark Marquez, is, you know, he's incredible. But what is just devastating is that here, I agree that it's a racing incident. I agree that it wasn't necessarily Mark's fault totally, but I do think that he has a little bit of blame to go on him because he went in so hot. Because he, I don't think that he has the stamina right now with his physical fitness to finish, like, strong in the that. whole race. Yeah. So I think that he was just like, if I'm going to get anything, it's going to be in the first few laps. Problem with that. He's got cold tires. Here, here's the, well, they do have tire warmers, so. Yeah, but they're going, like, over 100 miles an hour into that first turn. <laughs> but the, I guess the one thing that I will say, because everyone was kind of complaining how he was off, quote-unquote, racing line. But the here my problem with that statement is no one is on the racing line yeah, they're in, just the, trying in the first corners. I mean no. it is an absolute mosh pit. Yeah. When you begin a race. So I feel like that that's not necessarily something you can you can hold on on Mark Marquez. I mean he went from thirteenth place to sixth place, which is unbelievable. Oh yeah. But he, because he did that, he was going so fast that he lost the back end coming out of that first turn. And when he lost the back end, he lets off the gas to recover. And Fabio's right, just like you said, they're in the mosh pit. He's yep. right on his rear. Yep. And when he lets off the gas, Fabio just smashes right into him. Well, I think the thing about that, too, is, I mean, people lose their rear end regularly and they recover from it. Fabio just was literally in the worst place he possibly could have been. Yeah. Not that it's Fabio's fault. It's just... 
I, I, this would have been I a lot different. I do think that if, it's a genuine race incident. Yeah, I don't think true. it's anybody's fault because typically Fabio doesn't crash because he evades stuff like that, and there was just no way to do it. Right. Well, I think a big thing, too, is if this would have been a lot different of a conversation if Marquez was the one that was behind Fabio. Like, if he had hit Fabio from behind, but Fabio oh, hit yeah. him from behind. So oh, it's yeah. definitely not like Mar- Marquez had made this, like, huge mistake. Yeah. It's not like Taka Nakagami going in behind Pecco and then just face playing his retire. <laughs> right. I just think that I think that Mark gave it a little more than he had to, you know, right off the bat at, at a, in an attempt to get ahead as much as he could early so that he could not finish as far back as I don't you know. even know if I would say it's more than what he had. I feel like he might have been pushing that bike. Because I feel like usually... Yeah, that's with, that's what I mean. With that's his, more with, what I with mean, his yes. arm, I think usually his, like, his struggle is starting to show mid to late race. Sure. Because that arm, that's kind of how it was in the past. Just because his arm is so... It's, he's like, in the past he was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. I feel like this time, I mean, he's just pushing that Honda... Well, that and he proved in free practice that he can handle saving a crash. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like was, That was amazing. Yeah, I mean, he proved multiple times in free practices that he can handle saving a crash. He did crash once, uh, but... Twice. I, was it twice? Oh, no. There's two saves. That's right. Yeah. I, so I, I consider those crashes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you that he was capable, but I do think that the, the machine is just not yeah. good. That's where Juan Mir next year might really, really benefit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what was your reaction when Takanakagami got crashed? I was just really confused because it looked like they came together twice. And it it didn't look like Mark just ran into him and then he fell off the bike. It kind of looked like he hit him. But what was your reaction, Ty? I was... It, I was I, okay. I was a little bit happy. I don't like that he's hurt. <laughs> no, but, no, I mean, we never, we never like when a rider gets hurt. That's no, just the worst. But he did take one assassin out of the paddock. You know, he hasn't been that bad other than what he did when he face planted. He took out like I think he's he's crashed into every single one of his crashes. He's taken somebody out of the race this year. Yeah, really. I think I'm pretty sure because I know he's taken out Alex Rins. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I know he's taken out a, a few other people. I don't remember who. I think he might have taken... I could this... Now, this this one I could be remembering wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure he took out Maverick Vinales in one race. Hmm. And I know... We all know the one there he took out Pecco. That was a big one, because yeah. we could be having a very different conversation about championship standings if he hadn't. Well, I mean, it, if Fabio had not crashed in this race, and we can do the what-if game all day, but if he hadn't, there wouldn't be a 10-point spread it would probably be still around 20 maybe because fabio wasn't gonna finish like out of the points or he was going to finish in the top 10 right you know what i mean so it wasn't like he was gonna lose 20 points the thing i was disappointed about is because they were already so close together i was kind of waiting just to see marquez and him start battling it out for like fifth or sixth Mm -hmm. that would have been a really fun race well i mean i was i mean man i mean even for Aleish and Bender fighting it out. I mean, it was a good race all the way through for the most part. 100%. But, but I was just super sad about Fabio crashing because I'm a huge Fabio fan. But it is what it is. It is what it is. And my fantasy team took a major hit yes, because did. I made a stupid decision. Um, but like I said, it's, hey, it's going to come back. Hey, you said it. I, I did say it. I'll own it. <laughs> I'll own it. So, this coming week, this is important. So, this is where we're going to start talking about our predictions, what moves we're making, maybe what moves we've already made. I've already made some moves. Uh, but the moves that we yet. are going to make and some advice that we would give you if you're in fantasy MotoGP. So, we are coming up on Motegi in Japan. Uh, the last time that they raced here was actually Fabio's uh, rookie season in 2019. So, that was the last time... That they race here, and he and Marquez actually had a great battle. If I, I think we watched that together. I think. Yeah, I feel like I mean most MotoGP races we have. Yes, seen. but this was before you left. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, like, they had a really good fight. Fabio ended up coming in second. Mark won that race. And then when you had Davizioso in third, R&B. who is no longer, he's retired now. So he's no longer with us. <laughs> he's alive. He's just retired. So we have this this interesting thing where Fabio's had a pretty rough go the last couple of races, but he's about to go to a place where I think that he has a distinct advantage. Like there's a significant number of riders that have never ridden this track. That is true. Where Fabio has Bastianini, has he ridden this trip? Mm-mm. That's right. Mm-mm. If they He's got some young boys. If they started after 2019, they've never ridden this track. <laughs> like so Fabio is one of a handful on the grid that have ridden has ridden here, has experience on this track, knows this track and has actually done really well at this track. And the Yamaha looked really good back then. I think that Fabio has a distinct advantage in this, which is really influencing my picks for this race. So, what are your thoughts, Ty? What do you think is going to happen in Japan this week? I think, you know, the thing I'm concerned about with Fabio is I don't know how, I mean, like, it looked, he didn't get injured badly. But he, he's okay. He, uh, so, the biggest thing is he's he got those, like, burns on his chest. But were those from the crash or were those from Those were from his bike running him over. On the on the track, because oh his bike went on top of him and burned him, <laughs> so that's where that came from. But other than that, he's got a bruise on his hip. He needs to start wearing some Under Armour. Yeah, he's just got a bruise on his hip. Um, that's pretty bad. But his response was, "In three days, it'll be fine." <laughs> so he's not concerned. Um, I think, I mean, like this coming into this next week. I definitely don't think I'm going to have Anea Bastianini oh, on no, there. No. I think he's definitely like, he's he's like those poppers you kind of throw on 4th of July. They're really loud, and they make a bang, and then they're gone. Yeah. You know, he's going to he's gonna probably put up some good fights probably in qualifying, but I just don't think he's going to have what it takes. Now, I think Alessi Spirago, he's going to be a probably yes. contender, and potentially I would actually not be surprised if Zarco did something. Yeah, it's interesting. This track is weird. Like, there's some pretty big straights on it, but there is a lot of complex turning on this track. Yeah. So, I don't really know. I mean, based on the <laughs> based on the previous podium, it's hard to say, like, does this favor a bike? Um, Jorge Lorenzo holds, like, every record for this place, though. That's because uh, this is well. I think this is again where it kind of go what you were saying. Fabio is going to have a distinct advantage here because it usually favors riding styles that like that prefer the turns. Yeah, those kind of like you know Jack Miller, Yoan Zarco, or Bagnaya, which all happen to be on Ducati. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to have that advantage that they normally have. Yeah, because they're not going to have as big of a straight. Yeah, to do to deal with it is quite a bit of stop and go, potentially. But that's where momentum makes a big deal. Yeah, and w- the corner speed that the Yamaha can carry, I think, is why it's going to have the advantage. But just like you were saying, man, that Aprilia has shown it's, itself to be really, really good actually, e- it, in both speed and cornering. Yeah. This could this could be a, a race that Aleish might win. And you or might Maverick have you might have Maverick in, in on the podium too. Like this could be a double, you know, Aprilia podium. Oh yeah. It could be. That's not my prediction, but it could be. <laughs> this is definitely gonna be one of those ones where you're gonna have a lot of constructors up there at the top. Yeah. I mean Ducati's gonna be there. Ducati's got a great bike this time around. And they've got like forty seven on the grid. So Yeah, I mean like in qualifying it was really crazy too, because Fabio, if you were watching their times, would literally be like the fastest one. He'd be in the red. He was like bound to set the lap record. And then as soon as he got yeah, that last straight, yeah. he'd drop to seventh place. Mm-hmm. It just, that bike just did not have the speed that the Ducatis have. So here's my podium picks for Motegi. I think that, I think that Fabio's coming in this really, really motivated. I think that he has a distinct advantage over everyone else based on his bike as well as his ability on this track so I think that Fabio is going to win I think that this is where he's going to come back 
and he's going to get some of those points back, and he's going to win. I think Alaysha's going to be in second. So Alaysha's, I think he's going to be right there. And then I think that my third place is the one that I'm having a hard time, like, deciding who I think is going to be there. It's going to be one of those satellite teams. I just, it's going to be, it's going to either be, like, Johan Zarco or... Um, I just don't know if... You, Zarco can finish the race. <laughs> Anytime he's doing good, he crashes. So, um, I think I think that Pecco is going to probably be third or fourth. I'm going to put him in third just because I think that he's – I mean, he has to. He just has to. He's got to stay up there in podium contention. Um, if we're going to see the pressure get to him, it's going to be start here. Yeah. Um, sure. Because I, I think, think Fabio's got a couple of tracks coming <clears throat> in the next five races that favor him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think that I'm going to lock mine in. I'm going to say it's going to be Fabio in first, Alation in second, Pecco in third, and then I think that you're going to probably have Maverick in fourth and like Jack Miller fifth. I I actually think I think ba- Bagnaia is going to finish as low as like fifth place. Really? Yeah. I just feel like this is... He's going to crack here? I don't even know if I would say crack. I just feel like he's been doing really well at tracks that kind of favor the Ducati. Mm. And he always just... I even said this last week. He just doesn't hold up near the end of the race. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if it's because he's tired. They used to say that he was really good at conserving his tires, but I, I just don't think he's been sure. I haven't noticed that this year. Yeah. So what is your podium picks? Uh, my podium pick picks i think is going to be alisa Sparago in first i really think he's going to have this i mean he could do it he could do it this time around i really i'm I'm excited to see him actually battle it out with fabio and then just show everybody what the aprilia is really capable of that thing is that thing is awesome yeah and then i think fabio is going to be in second i mean he has to be in the top three i think that if fabio was on an aprilia he'd be unstoppable Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't think that anyone could beat him. <laughs> well, I think Yamaha has kind of become the new Ducati. Um, you know, because Ducati previously would just, people would get on their team, and then the rider would be like, hey, I really need this one thing from you. No. Wouldn't do it. Would not listen to the rider, and then they, they would, like, cancel his contract, sign somebody else, and then they would be like, okay, we'll do what you want. And then he would start winning races. Well, it seems like Yamaha is listening to Fabio because next year the the bike will be faster. Well, it just took him how long to, to, to do A long that? time. Yeah. long time. I mean, Maverick was trying to... They had to lose bike. a satellite team to get there, so... Oh, gosh. Yeah, I can't, I definitely miss Patronus being there. I do, too. They're, they're awesome. So, you said Alation first, Fabio second. Who's... Wrapping up your podium. This is, I think I'm like you. It's definitely a really hard one to put in there because it's just this track. I feel like is another toss up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I'm gonna say Jack Miller. He just Ooh. really seems like he's that. That'll be the one Ducati I think in the top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think Bagnaia is gonna be. You don't. Place. Well, we're gonna we're about to get to this, but you don't think that potentially Ducati is gonna be like, hey, you know. Pecco needs every point that he can get at this point. Well, I think, you know, team orders do stuff. I mean, like, I think, you know, teams obviously do team, like, you know, orders and whatnot. But if, if I think Pecco's going to be, like, battling it out in seventh, then he might make his way up into fifth. But if Jack Miller is oh, already okay. ahead of him, I got you. Pack, he's not going to I got you. back down. That makes that. sense. So, all right, well, here here's the thing. There are a lot of sleeper picks here so as many. far as um, if you're looking to add – Excuse me. If you're looking to add somebody to your team that might give you a little bit extra points, these are the picks that we think are really solid. First of all, Luca Marini, if I could get him on my team, I would do it. I have him on mine. That dude has finished in the top 10 like every race for the last like four races. Yeah. He is doing a fantastic job. I mean, so good. Um, so. If you can get Luca Marini on your team, he would be a great silver team rider. Alex Renz, I know, is on the Suzuki, and say what you will, but he is consistently still getting points. So if you could have him on your silver team, you're not going to get the most points in the world. He might crash, but he's pretty consistently getting points recently. Um, Also, somebody that we don't talk a lot about, I think – 
uh, because he's just not done a, a lot since the beginning of the season is Miguel Oliveira. He has finished really well a lot this season, you know, and he's not blowing the doors off or anything like that, but he's a really reliable, like, yeah. in-the-points person. So if you're looking for somebody just to help you out, you know, Miguel Oliveira would be good. He's he's finished um, in the top 13 every for the last three races. He was 12, 11, and 11. So, you know, he's not doing great, but he's not doing bad. He would be a good one to slide in there if you've had one of your silver riders just not performing very well. Also, side note on Miguel Oliveira, he looks suspiciously like the voice actor for Hiccup and How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> That's actually kind of true, and I did not realize that until you said it. So there's a bunch of riders that look just like an actor, and it's always weird when I'm seeing them in the paddock, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Oh, that's not the same person. <laughs> so so here's the thing about Miguel Oliveira and Luca Marini, for instance. Miguel Oliveira costs $2.8 million, um, but you could get Luca Marini, He's got nothing who close, though. has done better than... Um, who's done better, uh, but he costs... How much does he cost, Ty? He costs $3 million. So, like, you could get... You could absolutely pick up Miguel Oliveira for, you know, two point eight million. Or if you just had the two hundred K extra, you could get Luca Marini and get somebody who's finishing four or five spots better. Like yeah. the the gap in their their money should be wider, but it's not. So it's a really good deal to get Luca Marini if you can get him. Mm -hmm. And it's an okay deal if you can get Miguel Oliveira. Another really good pick that you could pull would be Jorge Martin. Um, I was dumb and traded him off my team, but I have put him back on my team because I just was like, why did I do that? His last three races, he finished 10th place, 9th place, and 6th place. He's getting better. I think that he's kind of worked out the whole Ducati decided not to pick me thing, and I'm going to be at Premax, so I'm going to just race. You know, So I think that he is moved past that and he's just racing his race and I think that that is helping him so I put him back on my team because he and Maverick cost the same so it was like it didn't do anything to right. hurt me right and then the last one Marco Bezzecchi he's going to win rookie of the year oh 100 you know like he he's the closest person is uh Digi and he's still like 50 points away from him. <laughs> um, so uh, Marco Bezzecchi's going to win. He's not a crazy good pick. Luca Marini would be a better pick. They cost very similar. but They're both uh, carrying on the VR leg legacy, right? Which is cool. And Bezzecchi, he's not been bad. Um, so if you were just looking, again, for somebody that you can throw on your team that is not going to break the bank, he cost 2.8 as well, I would pick... Miguel Oliveira over Bedsecki, but he wouldn't be a bad one to choose. You know what is really crazy right now is the fact that Mark Marquez, I understand that he's hurt, but he's he costs the same amount right now as Luca Marini. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? It's crazy. So, so those those are my picks for like, you know, if you're they're the, the kind of top fantasy picks this week that I would say these would be good ones to throw on your team if you get the chance. You could actually potentially I mean, we didn't put this in here. But Mark Marquez might be actually not a bad silver team rider right now. He's going to finish in the points, oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, top 10, and he's $3 million. And you for, for $3 million, you would have one of the world's greatest motorcycle riders on your team. You're will not he, wrong. Will he be winning the races? Probably not. But, I mean, he's going to be a more well, And you can't, you can't count out the fact that he won here in 2019. He's one of the people on the pad or on the grid that knows this track well. Yep. <sighs> I just he's man. just so a wild card right now. I I agree. He would be a good one to throw on your team if you can afford him. I'm tempted. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that might be a good one. That might be a good the, one. The fanboy in me is kind of like, oh no, do I, <laughs> do I play with my emotions or do I play smart? Yeah. Well. It's really hard. It it's is really hard. Because he actually looks like, I mean, he went from 13th 
to seventh place. Well, and that's the thing. We have nothing to base this decision on because he didn't he didn't even make a whole lap to finish. <laughs> you know, like he's done after like two corners. It's kind of like, I don't know if you saw this fight or not, but it was like when Conor McGregor went against Cowboy Cerrone mm-hmm. and they, it lasted like no time. So it, I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, Conor's back. And then he went to his next fight and it was just yeah, terrible. Yeah. So. All right, well, let's talk about some hot takes, Ty. Right. You, you, have a, you have a hot take to start us off. And then you've got like 47, so. Okay, that might be it. <laughs> some of the drama queen over here. So, um, <laughs> should there be team orders? Like, So, that's the, the conversation right now with Ducati. You know, if Pecco's in first and Anaya's in second, should Ducati be giving team orders? Because this time they clearly didn't. Um, the only thing that they told the team was... As far as we know. Well, so, yeah. So, the only thing that they said openly was that don't crash someone. Like, don't cause Peko to crash. That was like, that's pretty, important. Pretty intense pass. That it was did. clean, though. It, it was, was clean. It was clean, but we're saying this because they didn't crash. If if had- <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. See, I mean, everything seems like a good decision. Until you're the one that messes it up. Yeah, well, listen, I was very happy. I don't really like Anea that much as a like a racer, but I was really happy really? that he beat Pecco. I thought he was because, No, because it limited <laughs> the, the – it brought him to 10 points instead of 5 points from the lead. So yeah, I was, was happy about it. But, like – I was not. I, here's my opinion about team orders. I think that they should just race. Like, I understand that they're on a team, and here's the, the kicker is, like – they spend stupid amounts of money on these teams and on these racers and all the stuff to make this happen. So I understand, like, they want to win. Like, the the people that are in charge want to win the constructors. They want to win the, you know, rider, you know, championship. They want to win these things because they have invested so much money. So I understand the premise of team orders like, hey – you don't have a shot. He's really close. Don't pass him. You know. <laughs> you know? I, think, I mean, I totally agree. I don't. I don't like team orders. But I hear. I think my thing with MotoGP and how it's a lot different from Formula One. Well, Formula One is like they'll literally have five people just put the brakes on so that someone can pass. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I can't stand Formula One. Um, but th- that's a, that's a separate thing. Sorry if I've offended any Formula One fans, but. <laughs> Um, I think the thing with MotoGP is, you know, when you're telling people about it and you want to get them into watching racing, I always, you know, ask people to come over and watch and they're like, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch this racing takes so long. And then I go, it, it's 40 minutes. Yeah. It's 40 minutes. I mean, sometimes we put on like the pregame show kind of like, you know, the commentators are just kind of talking they're doing their warm up lap. Um, they're kind of getting set up. And then there's a 40 minute race, and then it's over. You can you can stay and watch the, you know, commentating, but it's 40 minutes. It's not like watching them turn left for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, another left turn. <laughs> I don't like team orders, but I understand them. Yeah. Um. I I I, I would prefer if they would just let them race though, because yeah. then then the the chips actually fall where they should. Well, that's I mean that's kind of like what I was saying before is. I mean, how much are the team orders, even if they're giving them, are actually affecting? Because I can almost guarantee you Ducati was like, Anaya, you need to let Bagnaya win. But, I mean, at the end of the race, if he's going faster than Bagnaya, there's only so much you can do. Otherwise, it's... Which, Anaya was going faster than Bagnaya the whole time. He had those weird couple of turns that I was like, oh, it's over, you know. But then yeah. he was like, his pace was just... Yeah, I thought he lost it when he kind of went wide there. Yeah, the end. that dude was booking it, though. <laughs> like, I mean, he was just faster than Pecco. And Pecco at the end said, like, hey, I just wasn't willing to keep pushing it. Right. I I wanted to take the points that I could get, you know, because I think that if Pecco had really fought for it, I think he would have crashed. Oh, 100%. Or or they both would have crashed, you know, so. And that, that would have been. I think Pecco raced smart. He did. So, yeah. I just wanted to know your thoughts on team orders. I, do, I don't like team orders, um, but I do feel like it would, if if I was like an owner of a team and I had one rider that actually had a chance to win the race, it would be really, really hard not to look at the other guy who's 
48 points off. Yeah, it's just not going <laughs> to happen and yeah. be like, yeah, you know, just ruin his chances. Yeah, and you don't got to make it obvious. Just don't don't get within a half a second of him. <laughs> you know, like, right. I don't know. I just, I understand it because, I mean, we're saying this as a fan right. and, like, we're not the ones sinking $50 million into that rider. Gosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it's probably more than that, but I don't know. So, it's a big deal. All right, what other hot takes we got, Ty? So, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but um, one thing, I saw an article that said Sprinter Laughs would make MotoGP more exciting, potentially leveling the playing field. What are your thoughts on this, Dakota? Um, I think... I think I would be more for the sprint laps or sprint races, whatever they're called, if if they weren't doing them every single race. I think doing it every race is too much on the riders. I think that they're going to put people... I think that they're going to put riders in situations where I think we're going to see more injuries next year. Um, or... You're gonna see. I, I think that the rate the sprint races will either be really exciting or really boring. Um, I don't think that every single one of them is gonna be super exciting because if somebody is just not, if it's not really gonna benefit them because it's only half the laps, that means like if they're in and I think it's only the top nine get points. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, if you're like in thirteenth there's, like, no chance that you've got time to, like, catch up and get a significant amount of points. So it's like, I'm just going to cruise. I'm just going to finish the race because it may- means nothing for me and it's not worth the risk. And then I'm going to put all, all all the beans in it tomorrow at the, at the main event. You know right. what I mean? So I think that there's potential for it to be very exciting. But then at the same time, I'm like, there's also a lot of potential for us seeing, you know, because you have a whole nother first turn every single week. Yeah. You know, and like you've got a lot of potential to see riders not finish the season. Well, I think a good example of how this could potentially be really exciting is if you watch Moto America um and no, no, not Moto America, World Superbike, sorry. They have two races in every weekend. Yeah. Um and I think that actually has a lot there's a lot of fun to that because you might have a guy who wins first place the first day and then he comes in like 10th the next i mean don't get me wrong i'm excited to watch them race more oh like i i love that we get to watch more racing yeah because when we watch on sunday now like we'll probably end up waiting to watch it all on sunday (laughs) yeah you know so we're gonna get you know an hour and 20 minutes of racing instead of 45 minutes. Yeah, I think, I mean, one of the cool things about it too, I think, is we're going to start seeing different strategies. And I think it's going to give some of the constructors that are like, you know, just don't normally have a chance. Because I think, I mean, you're getting significantly less points than you would in a race. Mm-hmm. So someone like Fabio Quartararo, who maybe, or Pecco, who's won four or five races in a row, but he's still 10 points away he might push that a little bit harder than Fabio might. Fabio's mm-hmm. in a safer spot, and then his spot might get replaced by somebody like Zarco or mm. Miguel Oliveira. So, because Fabio's going to probably come in top three, he might not really need those extra 10 to 15 points. I can't remember how much it's going to be worth, but... Yeah. Because um, he's he's like... I think the top spot is 12. Yeah, so he might look at that and go, you know what, just finishing in the top 10 is okay. Uh, and maybe the other top, you know, five con- you know contenders might be the same, unless you're somebody like Pecco, mm-hmm. um, Inea Bastianini. I feel like he would probably excel at those sprinter races because mm-hmm. he's got nothing else to lose. He's fifty points behind. Yeah, and then I think true. that would also give more opportunity for a more exciting end of the season. Because the thing that everybody hates in MotoGP is if someone gets like you're like ten races in, and then it's like, well, you know the season's basically over. You already have a crown champion and the rest of the the races are just kind of like yeah, because it's mathematically impossible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'm excited as a fan to watch more racing, but I'm nervous as a fan to see more injuries and potentially more incidents like we've had with Mark where Mark hasn't raced a whole season since 2019. That's true. You know, so it's just a lot. It's 22. Look. They they already have 20 or how many races do they have right now? 
Uh, like left? Or no, 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 in a season. I can't remember. But I think it comes out to, like, th- whatever it is, they're doubling the number of races that they have. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, it's just a lot. There's a lot, lot to, to consider, too, when you're, you're making, when you're picking, um, you're, you're making your decisions. Because, I mean, a lot of people don't know this. You only have so many engines to get you through mm-hmm. a season. Which uh, I would imagine that they would alter some of that and give them more. Yeah, but I mean, still, like if that would be actually kind of interesting. It probably would be terrible, but if they didn't give them more engines, but double the races, right? You <laughs> want to be really careful, yeah, Mark. You especially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think we've already talked about a couple of our hot takes, but uh, I think one of the big ones that I wanted to talk about was, you know, what does Mark Marquez's return mean for the championship? Not that he's going to be a championship contender by any means. What does his return mean? I think that, like you said earlier, I think that his presence just kind of makes things different. It shakes it up. Yeah. I think that he is probably going to finish in the points every time. Yeah. Which means that somebody else isn't. Right. (laughs) You know, um, I think that... I think that his presence is just putting some people on edge. So it's going to, like stir some people up a little bit and potentially make them make mistakes. Um, but overall, I, I don't think that, like you said, I, he's obviously not a championship contender this year at all. But Does Mark Marquez know that? I feel like he never... Been- I think that there's a chance that he could get a podium in the next five races. Oh, yeah. I, I, would, I would be surprised. I think if- there's a chance. I don't think that there's a great chance... I think he's going to win at least one race this season. No. Yes. No, come on. He's not going to win a race this season. He's going to win one. <laughs> if he wins a race this season, that will be ridiculous. <laughs> like, that would just be ridiculous. I think that this, the next five races, just like he said before, he's just trying to finish the races. He's already failed at that. So, you yeah. know, um, but I think he's just going to try and finish, get some good data on this bike so that in the off season, him and Juan can actually work on it and make the bike better and I do think that he's going to be a absolute championship threat next year. Oh, I I think I mean I'm just pretty confident he's going to win one race because I feel like even though he's hurt and he's not doing well, I mean I don't think he's actually hurt anymore. I think that he from the injury, I think he's recovered. Right. I think that he's just out of shape because he hasn't been doing this for 112 days or whatever. If this is him being out of shape, Oh, this I is am, him out of shape. Him I'm, out of shape makes me feel terrible about myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's always bicycling. He's working out with his brother. Yeah. Um, they're all like triathletes. Must so. be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my last question um, is, will Anaya be the faster rider next year between him and Bagnaya? No, I don't think so. I think that, I think that Bagnaya's got more experience getting the new bike. You know what I mean? Like, and understanding how to overcome some of that, where Anaya is going to come in next year, get the new bike, because he's on the old bike this year, and he's been on the old bike all year. But next year, he's going to come in and get a 2023 bike, and he's going to have to work through all the kinks the first, like, four races, just like all of the new bikes have to deal with all the kinks. Right. I don't think that he's going to be... I think that... Pecco has the ability to win even with the kinks where I think that Anaya is going to struggle right. to to finish really well like that, working through some of those things. I definitely still think Jack Miller was a better rider, but I think he made the right decision of going to KTM. I think he'll do well at KTM. I think he'll help KTM a lot. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't think that he will be doing what he's doing this season. I think that he's going to struggle a little bit because it's an inferior bike. Right. But he can help them make that bike better. Right. So um, you did have another question on here that I think is important. Um, does MotoGP need more constructors? Oh, yes. The answer is absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I mean, we <laughs> talked about this, I think, in the first episode, too. With um, potentially BMW. BMW, which that would be awesome. I want it to happen so bad. It's probably not. Yeah. I think that there's more likelihood of getting Husqvarna in there. <laughs> I think that there's a higher likelihood of getting 
Husqvarna or a Kawasaki comeback. Kawasaki would be so. Yeah, cool. I think that those are the two most likely things. Just because BMW, I don't think cares because they're making so much money having the pace car out there and all their ads and like <laughs> Harley Davidson bring oh. back Buell. Well, that would actually be kind of cool. That but is so sick. Yeah, so I think that that does need to happen. I think that there's got to be something else out there. To I, I'm getting so sick of seeing so many Ducatis. I would love to see uh, VR46 go back to Yamaha and have another Yamaha satellite team. No. Uh, just because I'm so sick of so many Ducatis on the field. Yeah, I think, honestly, I wouldn't mind if Pramic went somewhere else other than Ducati and then just had VR46 be the satellite team for Ducati. Yeah. Um. I mean, Pramic just, I feel like they haven't done any that much with Ducati. Except had the fastest guy that never wins. Is that really, like, the title that you want to have? I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, Zarco has, like, broke so many lap records. He's super fast. Oh, yeah. And he just doesn't win. Has he ever won a race? Like, in MotoGP. I, I don't know the I, I don't know when he's won one. I know they used to do backflips, but it's been a minute. I don't know if he could still do a backflip. <laughs> It says 57 wins, but I don't know if that's including, like, Moto2 and Moto3. Oh, it's definitely including those. <laughs> um, man, I really thought he had won at least a few. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then I do have one surprise question for Dakota that we'll, we can end things on. So, um, There are rumors that LCR Honda will not be taking Alex Renz. That's already done. Yeah, I think there's some contract issues with that. Um after after further discussion, there's no chance because if after, they don't after further discussion they're thinking about hiring Fabio's scooter rider driver <laughs> <laughs> do they want another person next on their team that can sabotage the grid look i mean uh, yeah i mean they need they need two assassins at all times i mean mark marquez can't always be a missile um, so, I mean, he's gonna, they're going to have to have two guys in the paddock that are going to take out Fabio. Oh, my god! He's already proved he can do it once. So ridiculous. So, so ridiculous. Well, on that note, um, let us know what your thoughts about the Aragon was, what your thoughts about the coming race at Motegi will be. Let us know what your fantasy picks are, and if you – think that our fantasy picks are good or bad. Maybe you want to ask us some advice about Fantasy MotoGP. We're happy to answer those things, even though we're not professionals. We just like the sport. Um, you can connect with us on social media at Wheel, the number two Wheel podcast. So Wheel to Wheel podcast. Um, so be sure that wherever you're listening, uh, you rate the podcast. Share it with somebody. That would mean a lot to us. It would mean so much. We would be so indebted to you. I don't know what we would give you, but we would really appreciate it if you would just share the podcast with somebody and let them know because we need more MotoGP fans. We need this to be more popular in our country. We're going to educate America on right turns. Yes. Yes, we are. And that's all we have to say about that. Yep. But we appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you at the next race.